Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You are tuning into the library with Tim Inico. Rapstation.com. Seventeen-year-old gone astray and lost the way. Packed the bags after school, ran off one day. Told nobody and camped at a boyfriend's. Even though he said that sometimes he hears voices. That old saying two's better than one, and she figured. He's one sixteenth of the Almighty, one half of Glass City. His newest album, Zone Two, set to be released early twenty fourteen. He's the Midwest's own Nino Gray. Nino Gray, welcome to Andy Don't Stop with Chuck D on the library with Tim Einenko. What's going on, Tim? Chuck, guys, everyone at the family over there. Glad to be here, man. Cool. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, so, Zone Two is your newest album. Um, what did you hope to accomplish with this album? And then, how did you make sure you were able to achieve this? Well, Zone 2, uh, to, to answer that, i got to talk about the first one for a second. Um, when, I, when I initially stepped out to do these albums, this is, the Zone 2 is basically just called The Vault. Uh, it's kind of like my, my place for records to go when they don't fit uh, an overall project vibe um, or if they're not the same ambience. They kind of just build up on my computer until I have enough. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of put it together. I treat it like a mixtape. Um, it's basically just a mix of creative songs I've made it, but I, I uh, presented to you an album form. Um, so this is basically my mind's overflow. Uh, <laughs> after I do albums, the stuff that doesn't make it to projects or doesn't get featured on stuff, this is, this is uh, where the vault comes in. Um, so as far as doing what I, what I wanted to get done with this, um, I want to give some of the fans back some stuff this year because they had backed us so well with Almighty, the second coming. Um, so I put this up for exclusive for a little while before 2014 and hit all the vendors. Um, this, this idea, this, this album was basically just to give something to the fans that they weren't expecting. Um, and I did it right before Christmas. So it mm. was just a, a big grab for the people. That's all. Nice. Uh, the, the first track of the album is, uh, I guess it's, uh, dollar sign, zero dollar sign. Uh, SOS. Hey, there we go. Corner of my eye, great seen it. The masses working in wait of the weekend. Society starting to come apart at the seam stitch, but you don't notice because you're too busy tweeting. School, and it could be technically categorized under like a socially conscious track and also a critique of society. Uh, was this 
purposeful to be a, the first track? And um, what I mean, can you talk more about this track? Uh, SOS is uh, survival outsourced. Oh, nice. Um, it's just kind of what I what I'm seeing America seems to be doing right now. Um, we're taking in a lot more uh, import than we export. Um, you know. The, the dollar might not be the Federal Reserve's money, uh, international currency after like 2017. It just seemed to be in a very tumultuous place uh, for an American, for me being an American. So that was like my synopsis mm. on well, how I've seen everything going. Um, seems to be very socially relevant, everyone's superficial, you know, internet time. Um, and I just kind of got tired of it. Um, and that was my way of, of trying to poke fun at at consumers but right. at the same time give them a little bit of a, an eye opener like wow you know um you know holy shit, i was on twitter i was more worried about twitter than this dude who got his face chewed off by and bath salt zombie or you know the occupy movement that happened it kind of just disappeared after jay-z put out a t-shirt so right uh, it's just things like that that i didn't sit well with so SOS came out. <laughs> nice, uh, and I'm gonna actually jump around a little bit on the uh, a little bit on the, your album, but because um, it kind of leads me into another question that I had, and it and it has to do with the uh, the track Death Wish. Um, okay. And it could be, I mean, you if you just like listen to the track, it could be seen as kind of a, a quote unquote kind of morbid track, I guess. Uh, but that okay. said, that said, and you kind of talk about this in SOS um, when you do write uh, your music. What percentage of it for you is kind of autobiographical? What percentage is fantasy? Or is it just like really a great way for you to just kind of either, you know, vent or be able to speak for people that just don't have the voice to speak? Um, that's a good question. Um, Death Wish was, I, I definitely agree. I've had people say, that's kind of dark or we don't like that. Nino. We like the progressive kind of Nino, the positive Nino. Um, but don't get it twisted. That is positive. It's just death is another chapter of life um we become pure energy we go back to the energy after this this is all borrowed so mm. me saying that i live like a death wish is just saying i'm not scared of what's coming i'm going to do everything i can in this life with this power i've been given by the higher energy mm. um as far as as far as some of the more morbid tones and talking about dialogue or friend dialogue or uh dealing with alcohol or drugs um, I, I, that's where I feel I, I try to speak for people who maybe don't know they need a voice. Mm. Um, they just drink or smoke to get by, to stay numb, but they've done it so long, but now they're even numb to their own conscious. Oh, nice. Um, so, you know, if, if, if that's your way, that's your death wish, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of a, a two-sided, um, blade there. For me, it means I'm going to live it to the fullest. For others, it may mean you'll never do anything. So... Day of my life, reading about the greats who change how we see our plight, hearing courageous tales about us putting up a fight. One thing that they had in common ain't none of them afraid to die. As I grow old, my friends they trying to start dialogue about the perilous path I'm riding on, telling me to find a god or to try and solve my problems without relying on the final call. And sometimes they try and call, I don't pick up, not because I'm depressed or nothing, no mix up. Plain as can be, they don't see what I see, yet it's pain when I speak, but they don't like my vision. Uh, I want to go back to another track on the album, which is uh, Lost Boys, which is kind of one of, I think is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, because I think it really like highlights your flow, your lyricism, and um, there's something about it that like really, you could tell you have the passion for the music and the culture. 
Uh, can you talk about writing this track and what you want to tell folks well, and the listeners with this track? Uh, Lost Boys. Um, definitely one of my personal favorites, just from the creative process standpoint. Um, just really reminiscent. Uh, I don't know why, but every time I hear someone say the name or if I hear the song come on, first thing that pops in my head is running around with a backpack full of uh, graffiti cans and tabs and oh, nice. uh, trying to spray at three in the morning right before a first shift comes around. <laughs> so uh, got a couple hours to tack up and dry before they come by. <laughs> um, you know, listening to, to, to Scarface and, and Ghetto Boys and everyone from Cali and I, I was coming into my own as a as a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, but at the same time, I was also seeing hip-hop and that culture change, and uh, needless to say, it was a good spot in my life. So I wanted to share with everyone one of the reasons, why, many reasons why I do this music, uh, none of which being money, but one of the biggest, clichéest ones is love. Mm. Um if it, if it wasn't for some of this music that I mentioned, the Buster Rhymes and Scarface and Jay and whatever, Nas, um, I, I don't feel I'd be in the same position. Mm. Um, almost to the point that I'm not sure if I would be here in some cases because I really I really was lost um, until I found a way to kind of vent and put my, put my voice out there. So Lost Boys was a... Uh, Kind of a throwback to when I was finding myself as an MC and as a human being. Like quick draw McGraw, of course. Live swinging, then you die by the sword. I'm aiming for the parking lot, the fences get ignored. I'm never ever gonna forget what I learned watching the sport. And that's if you feeling left out, player, rush the court. You feeling left out, player, rush the court. One, two, one, one, two. That's something these fools just don't do. One, two, one, one, two. That's something these youngins just don't know. Uh, and that actually goes into uh, Lost Boys. Actually, goes is followed by an, oh, another favorite track of mine is uh, Reality. Hey yo, quick with his speech, spitting heat. Admittedly, not giving a bleep if it's discreet. Triple knotted laces, only things to fit my feet. I bring it to the booth, bet I learned it on the streets. Old heads taught me things I won't repeat. Heard them throw around sayings like, Boys, you ain't old enough to blink. And a blink, they're gone now. And I'm just like y'all now. Relate to your dog now. We all have scars now. And deep down, beyond ready. Rock with the MC God amongst many. But we get the better of the odds, regardless what the cards tell me. Just straight fire, no hook. Uh, you know, just rhyming, which is kind of lost these days. Um, can you also discuss kind of the, the making of this track and, and, you know, and why no hook? Um, reality, uh, produced by Verbal. A shout out to Verbal, man. Um, that, that whole, that whole song right there came about from him. Um, we were in the lab one day. Um, we don't actually get to see each other as often now just with how life has gone. He's, mm. he's now married and uh, having, a, having a good run at the married life. And I've got kids and they're in school and stuff. You know how that is, Tim? Yes. Um, <laughs> so we, we kind of grew apart, but not for any negative uh, purposes. So it's nice when we get together. But we always seem to uh, gravitate towards the heavy lyrical stuff, um, boom, bap, kind of more fundamental hip-hop aspect um, whenever we're together because he's very by-the-roots boom-bap guy, too. Uh, we were both K-1 
KRS boot camp graduates, you know what I'm saying? We grew up mm-hmm. listening to KRS and Dougie and Big Daddy Kane and all these guys. So um, hooks and courses and flashiness, like you know, Big Daddy Kane a little bit, Rockin' and then a little bit, but most of the most of the reason why we got into rap was because we wanted to show people that lyrically and mentally we were sharp, um, that that we could drop science, we could drop knowledge. We're not doing it out of a like egotistical direction, uh, just doing it to say that we can and that we're not stupid. Um, so reality was basically just just that it was it was venting a little bit of displeasure about the industry, um, a little bit of life, a little bit of rap, and a little bit of show off. That those those songs like reality is what I like to call a wild card uh, song, which is basically. If, if, the, uh, if, the, if the beat is neutral enough, you can kind of speak about anything. Oh, the MC got amongst many, but we get the better of the odds regardless what the cards tell me. Because we starving and I just ate spaghetti. Don't get it twisted. Rotini, flow scenery. So here's hoping you see me on the grindstone to the white bone. We so past bleeding. Nerve damage. Damn them if they can't feel me. Feel my pain. By then, you feel my brain. I'm familiar with pain. And I'm similar to pain to cope with reality. There's drugs in my veins. My expression like a mask on my face Draped delicately over the leviathan inside of him My goal's to overdose, music martyr mode, heart explode Die spitting the illest shit I never wrote Plus my kids holding cash Me letting out a muffled but triumphant last laugh under the grass If you indulge, find the high of your choice And just vibe to the vibe while I make this noise It's like a field full of minds and blind men We all just wandering one step from And make it all encompassing then it tends to make the songs a little bit more cohesive and stick around longer. Mm. Uh, so, so me and Verbal thought, you know what, this beat is awesome. Um, it was one of his favorites. I think I had it for all of three days, and it was ready to go. Um, so we went back to the studio and dropped it. And uh, it wasn't even supposed to be named Reality, actually. Verbal did that when he named it. Um, he's like... Uh, so we got a name for this. This always comes down to this one question at the end of the session. So what are we calling this? I'm, I'm exporting. What are we calling this? And I'm always like, I don't fucking know. Or I don't know. Excuse me. Um, because uh, by then it's 3 a.m. and we've gone through some beers and uh, a little bit tired. So <laughs> the main thing, I usually wait and do that with a clear head. So he popped in with reality. And it just happened that he typed it with the caps on just real. Right. Uh, and and then the rest of it fell in place as lowercase. So it, it, it was just, it fit all the way around. One of those uh, classic tracks you didn't mean to do, it just kind of fell out that way. Is that I, I, actually, is, is that how it, I guess, normally normally works when you're working with a producer that uh, you get the beat first and then you write or you write something and then the producer fits the beat around it or, I mean, or does it really just depend on the track? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would ha- I'd have to say it definitely depends on two things. It depends on the artist, and then it depends on the, the track. Um, it depends on the artist because first they have to be talented enough at writing, and not just writing rap, but writing in general. Um, if, if, they can, if they can present you with feelings um, in a three-minute span and you gravitate to it, I find that to be some of the most... Um, attractive parts of lyricism. So when 
when I hear a beat and I like it, I always want to write something to it. I don't necessarily look to try and fit one of my creations to it. I'll try mm. and make something. Um, if I can't do it justice, I won't do it. I'm not one of those artists out here like some guys who they hear a beat. Oh my God, this beat is is classic. This is an instant classic. I got to keep this, and they put out a song that's like C minus, you know, right, it's right. garbage. Um, or or it's got a super nice hook with somebody singing, but the 16s are garbage and it's superficial money, money, blah, blah, money, money. So um, I, I I tend to try and get custom creations uh, or at least new creations. And if not, then I will always write and go back and try and have them basically build the flesh and the skin and blood on top of the skeleton of the beat. Mm. You know, um, take out that snare, add this, bring the hi-hat down, maybe put a scratch, you know, a couple things like that. Um, but I'm not really picky. Most of the times I can I can uh, work with what I get. Just, just so, I, so, I guess, so I guess to answer your question, it depends on the producer. Right. If the producer's good at his job, it makes the artist's job a lot easier. Oh, nice. Uh, we're speaking to Nino Gray. His latest album, our newest album is Zone 2, um, out early 2014 uh i you know i want to go back to one of the tracks and you kind of you've discussed this a little bit already but um the track of q a got a question i've been wanting to ask if hip-hop's dead why does everybody rap everybody rap rap everybody rap why does everybody rap rap everybody rap yo i got a question i've been wanting to ask if hip-hop's dead why does everybody rap every everybody rap every everybody rap why does everybody rap rap everybody rap yo this shit is funny listening to these youngins bunch of bold-faced liars stunting to the public clowns claiming they touching down but i found most of them sleeping on their mother's couch what a ouch i've had it with the masses hailing the average rapper who makes dances and glitz classical ish they want to talk shop with me don't even know the game focused on the players don't know the coach's name you should be so ashamed thinking putting a gimmick on will get you on make sure your wig and lipstick is on because any real mc can see through your script and will eat you the second they see that you ain't legit and all they listen to is radio and top 40 in other words what y'all listen to is boring so i don't want to hear that music die down everybody and their grandmama do it right now <laughs> got a question i've been wanting tackle to the ask. legitimacy of commercial rap and the dilution of rap music because and the culture because it seems that everybody as you say everybody wants to be a rapper um yes. what i guess a few things uh one what made you write write the track but has has you've seen seen as an artist you see the kind of the people some people becoming very successful and not good at what they do uh does that ever discourage you from doing this art form or have you just uh, forgotten about that um i i could i could answer that two ways and i think i'll answer it how i was i planned to um if if i was worried about uh the diluted guys making it to the top i would have quit this stuff when i was freestyling in the jazz cafe basements um I, I've I've been absolutely unaffected by their their process. I see it. I don't like it. Uh, does it anger me? Does it irritate me? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like hip hop's been turned into kind of like a prostitute of what it used to be. Mm. Like it used to be like the aged 
uh, pretty lady who lived up the block and took care of everybody. But <laughs> now she hasn't paid her bills. No one's looking out. She's she's on the block. She's kind of tricking to get by. <laughs> and uh, I'm not okay with that. Some people are okay tricking tricking the system uh, to get by, you know. Right. But the uh, Q&A basically was me just, just that simple, just posing that question, like, I got tired. I'd get on social media or Twitter or something, and I'd see, like, mm, hip-hop's dead, I'm making trap, or Nod said it best, hip-hop's dead, and all this, and, like, no no disrespect to Mr. Jones, but I do not agree with him at all. Mm-hmm. I, I feel I feel certain elements of hip-hop have, have moved on, and, and what we have now is an unidentified object that used to be hip-hop. Um, we just have to grab the reins and kind of steer it back in the direction of something that we can be familiar with. Um, so, so Q and A was definitely me being being mad, Tim. Uh, that was me saying, "Look, I know you guys might have millions of dollars. You got a good connect. You guys got managers and yes men and all these people to pat you on your back and shine your shoes. But at the end of the day, none of that phases me because behind all the doors." After they turn off all the cameras and all that, Tim, it's still just another person who sits down to take a dump, just like you and me. Right, nice. So, uh, at the end of the day, if you don't got the skills to pay the bills, then just you should just stop. Go get a job. Go to school. Uh, I don't know, hustle. Get into real estate. Something. But if you don't do music because you love it, I feel you really shouldn't. Right. Um, because you just, you know, you, you, you're bringing the culture down. And you're making it worse for the next culture to get into it. They'll be, they'll be one, one step farther away from what it really looked like. Right. Uh, you know, they're just it's it's the blind leading the lost, and uh, I, I have to laugh. Right. <laughs> I have to laugh. You know, so it's like, oh, you got a video on World Star Hip Hop. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, have you bought one beat? Right. Do you have any feet? Um, distro, do you know about any of these words that I'm saying to you? No? Oh, because you're swag. Oh, you turn up. Okay. You know, it's it's uh, it's that communication. It's like that lack of intelligence and, like, professionalism. They just think, I'm going to make these few songs. I'm going to sound like such and such who's on the radio. Uh, and then I'm going to be popular instantaneously. Cool. Whatever. If that's what you're into. I mean, I ain't hating on your hustle. I hate on you, but I won't hate on the hustle. Um, and, and that's as real as I can be about it. I, I have a I have a big chip on my shoulder when it comes to hip-hop um, because I stick so close to the fundamentals and the classics. Right. Uh, or I, I try to, um, that when I, when I see it get by, I can't help but be a little miffed, but I still find more comedy in it than I find tension. Do you, I mean, do you think because of, so many people rapping that I mean, the culture will eventually. Uh, I don't use. I guess I. I guess it's a strong, strong of a word, but I mean, die out because it is getting so diluted and people are, you know, uh, just yeah. Like, I, I mean, with the internet and and all this instantaneous media and stuff, um, the outlets and the time it takes people to find the outlets has become seconds. Right. Um, oh, so there's no. There's no true proving ground anymore. Um, there's no real dedication, you know, to, to, to master anything. You need to spend ten to 15,000 hours doing it. And I don't feel like 
any of them have done that. They just are mimicking or, or following a gimmick or some sort of trend to, to uh, implicate the lifestyle that they see because they want it. Right. They, they don't even rap. If, if they could sell, you know, if they could sell toilets and live like that, they'd be selling toilets. Right. Talking about, I'm swagging. I'm selling toilets. <laughs> I'm rich. They don't care. They just want to be the, the, the guy on the scene that everyone's smiling at. Right. So for me, it, it's just I go into music with a different a different idea. I'm not looking for, uh, I guess I'm not looking for anything except to be known as a, uh, one of the best to ever do it and that I always did it for hip-hop. That's, that's it. Um, as far as as far as it dying out though, if it hasn't already, I don't know when it's going to start. Um, oh. There's there's still lots of people that are are on the scene and doing really strong stuff for it, um, like Static and Danny Brown and um, like Nas and Elzai and you know Kendricks mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, there is there is good to it, but I I guess I definitely feel it's like seventy bad, thirty good. Um, the only way that we're ever going to fix it is is kind of listening to Kendrick and telling these mother these MFers to uh, either step it up or or get off the pot. Right. So so my so I did do a response to Kendrick too, by the way. Um, but my Q and A was kind of kind of like what Kendrick had said on Control before they dropped Control. I was basically saying, look, you guys need to either be about your skill and your talent or get the F out of here mm. because it's real people like me and hundreds of others who really love what they're doing. That should be getting a little bit more notoriety. Kendrick, you calling out hip hop and I'm calling back. So pick it up and listen. I too am a killer. No submissions on a mission to rid the game of that vermin crawling round by the belly bottom feeders and leeches all trying to get me. Focus on what's important. Oh, them cats, you already scorching. Come try and take a bite of Papa Bear's porridge. I feel like it's raining again. This time it's pouring like I do at that morn day after having a long day. Nino Gray, his new album, uh, Zone 2, is out 2014. Uh, I want to, I was curious, when, when writing something like this, or actually, you know, going through all the, the tracks for this album, uh, do you have a favorite lyric or a verse on the album? You know, something that you wrote, then afterward you're like, damn, that that's 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 just too dope. I can't believe I wrote that or something like that. Yeah, well, I would have to say one of my favorites, uh, just off the top of my head, would be "Final Word." Mm. Uh, I believe that's number ten on Zone Two. Um, First verse somewhere in there, I say, um, it would have been nice to get this piece of mind while I was still on the earth, but at times I feel the undeniable point that work ethic and worth are rarely noticed or even appreciated without six feet of dirt. I feel the undeniable point that work ethic and worth are rarely noticed or even appreciated without six feet of dirt, so... Let the bells toll, ringing for who? Not that I care, but who the hell knows? Also, if you hear it before me, fat women singing, just point them out and I'll drown them. Flow forever, reign supreme in this. Um, that was that was very big for me because, and it's funny, I kind of wrote it and then subconsciously I must have, my brain put the message in it. Later, I kind of absorbed it fully um, that, most people, it, it, okay, it usually takes something negative to bring people together or to realize that they have something very good or they have a gift. Mm. Um, and that's what I've noticed. So 
um, you know, uh, Chris Wallace, you know, he, he was in all his glory, but no one, no one was addressing the fact that his lifestyle was as, as, as dangerous as it really was. Um, big Punisher, he had all this glory, and, and no one really, albeit there was people trying to, to be a voice in his head of reason, but there wasn't really anyone there to, like, motivate him to get healthy, to stay away from that danger. Um, and they didn't appreciate him until he was gone. They didn't appreciate Big L until he was gone. They didn't appreciate Jam Master J until he was gone and, and what they left behind. So uh, I, I took that from music, and I just looked around, and it, it was everywhere, you know. Um, England was like an uproar, and then Lady Di died, and like everybody in England came together and was like united. It was ridiculous. Um, but it took something negative for, for this to happen. So, so that line was big to me because it, it was me kind of realizing that, you know, I should just look forward to in rap, I'm not going to get what I'm probably deserving until I'm gone because mm. that's how long it's going to take some of these people to actually grasp what, what it is we were doing in this culture, uh, especially during a time of such delusion. So, um, yeah, for me that was one of my deep. That was a big like scribe line. I felt like a, I felt like a hip hop scribe. <laughs> that was wearing a cloak and I was writing on parchment with quills. Nice. Not Illuminati, but you know, just down in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, definitely. You know, you know. I got, let me just squash all that real quick before he even comes out. Oh, he said cloak. Oh my God. <laughs> they have a, you know, Illuminati Nino Gray attack ads right now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a triangle on my cover, people, and that triangle has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, obviously, you 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 you've done a lot of work. You you know, as we mentioned, you're one sixth of the Almighty and a one half of Glass City. Um, yeah. So when you're writing a solo album, um, such as your latest one, you know, Zone Two, uh, how is it easier or harder to write? for a group or uh, for yourself? And I'm only asking that because, you know, because some people, when they're as a group, they have like, you know, let's say like, you know, like artist A and artist B, artist A and artist B are writing, B presents his his or her verse. Artist A is like, oh, so he's bringing it like that. And then they have to, it kind of forces them to write even harder, I guess. I would say the friendly competitiveness definitely is a good thing, uh, at least for me. Um, Writing, writing for projects with groups is harder for me versus solo, um, just because I'm, I'm a stickler for cohesion. Mm. As long as our songs work together, um, then I'm happy. So, for instance, uh, when we did Almighty, um, when Jimmy, or, uh, well, Jimmy sent Matt the beats, Matt broke it down, he sent me mine for my features. Uh, when, when AD sent me the beats, he told me that one of them was going to be me, Capadonna, uh, Cannabis, and Planet Asia. So I wanted to write to it last, which I guess everyone ultimately would, but only because I wanted to be cohesive and not maybe not mention something that everyone else said, oh, but gotcha. touch on the same subject or kind of gravitate in the same direction so that the, the thread of the song continues. And it's not just like he was writing about one thing, and this guy was on his own, and this guy was right. You know, I want to, I want to make it a a, a fluid listening uh, environment. 
By the bank waiting to make the ends I take a step to the curb Heard a person yell take his breath Searching for the problem I got him right when he made a left On the street in a jeep Seen him trying to break his neck Passing off a pack to the back of the cab Capadonna's driving I feel these stupid motherfuckers dying We pack stilettos and black metal Plant one in your chest Watch your back open and bloom like flower petals But they bogus I know what they keep rolling Maybe they um, see So writing for groups is harder Because everyone's kind of all over the page Or you know, one dude's in Arizona right now, one's in Cali, one's in Detroit, one's in Toledo. Um, besides, like, emails and phone calls, it's kind of hard to be on the same page. So, um, yeah, that's 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 a, a welcome challenge anytime is writing in a group. Uh, writing solo is always a lot easier because I don't have to argue with anybody. Um, <laughs> basically, like, the, the final word, everything's carte blanche, is right here with me. Uh and because I, I own everything that I do, I don't have to cut corners or anything, so mm. to speak. So, um, solo writing easier, group writing harder, but more rewarding when it works. Mm. And, you know, as we mentioned, you were, uh, you're, you're part of the Almighty Wishes, um, you know, Cannabis, Cappadonna, Planet Asia, M80, Bronze Nazareth, and of course yourself. Um, so... I just curious if you could talk about like kind of what, what was it like creating that album and working with those guys? Um, Almighty, uh, for me was by far probably the most important album. Um, not, not just in my career, but also in my love of music because my whole career, I've not had a manager. Um, I've not had a label or anything and I've made it this far and it was kind of like a culmination for me of all my hard work that I finally was blessed to be seen as a, a, a legend amongst legends. Mm. And, um, I was given as much respect as I was being a new guy in the door that they, they wanted me on the almighty. So first off coming into this, um, I was extremely humble and, uh, beyond words at, at just at the chance to express myself with these guys, uh, Wu-Tang and, 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 uh, do rag, you know, through Planet Asia, do rag, and you got the Wise Men with uh, Bronze Naz and Holy Toledo, which is like my home company with uh, M80 and Glass City. So mm. it just felt like a bunch of different family members coming together, you know, because um, I'd been listening to Wu and I, I met the Wise Men a few years back and been cool with them. Me and Kevlar done work, um, so I felt instantly. I felt like I was part of the. Uh, you know, like a, a invite only, members only kind of club. <laughs> nice. Um, so that was good for me on the hip hop side. Um, the album work actually though uh, was very was actually very by the book. Went real fast. Um, everybody was everybody was on time. I think Biz was a, was the last guy to turn in his stuff. Planet was first, and then me, eighty, and Bronze re recorded last and finished it up at. Uh, Bronze Studio in Detroit. We did that in like two days um, and came back down here. Um, I got on the single for The Good Life with Capadonna and Pete De Niro from Hawaii, which that was awesome. We got to shoot a video and stuff. Um, just an incredible experience all the way around him. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to see a lot of promotional side. I got to work with administration and talk to A&R. Uh, I got to talk to the graphics guy, I see a little bit of how that goes, and they have tons of headaches just like us. And, <laughs> nice. um, 
I, I kind of I kind of gained a I don't want to say a newfound respect, but maybe re-energize my respect for the independent label and, and labels that are really uh, doing stuff for hip hop like RBC, um, because it really does take it really does take a whole machine to put out a project like that. And uh, we, we had we had a hat soldiers on this one. So I was I was just first and foremost um, I was just absolutely humbled and and happy to be part of it. So, uh, needless to say, the album coming together, writing it, it was some of the, probably some of the most uh, stressful writing. And not just because I would listen, you know, like, uh, reference-wise, when it came to me writing, I had Cannabis and Planet Asia stuff. Um, So, to to say I was imposed would be an understatement. Um, Like, all the beats I had basically had somebody's verse on it. And, uh, you know, you you always have that that idea in the back of your head, like, all right, all right, you did that, I'm going to... I'm going to say a little something. I, I'm going to bring a little flavor, a little something no one else has got. Um, so the competitiveness was fun. Hmm. Um, it was also refreshing to be doing it at such a high level um, with such expert craftsmen that it I, I, I couldn't help but feel like I became sharper just from being a part of this project. Oh, nice. Uh, so so first and foremost, I'm, I'm humbled to be a part of it, but secondarily, I am thankful for the chance to sharpen my blades was there ever like a weird temptation to i mean because you've listened to these guys to i don't know not like kind of copy their style not you know not directly copy their style but kind of you know as like an ode to them um uh, i mean i i def i every once in a while i thought about like maybe say something uh like referencing something biz said or something from like dynasty something like that but uh i always chose to move away from it because a long time ago somebody told me that the best man that could be a man is a man who made himself so mm. as much as I respect these guys and I love what they did for the craft and first and foremost I am a fan um, of the culture and I live this culture this isn't just something I do when I'm on the phone talking to Tim or when I'm in the booth spitting this is me every day um, it's, it's bigger than bigger than that so um like i I feel if you want to show respect to somebody um either do it in private or between you two uh but but to get on track and like um you know to, to 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 mirror your words to kind of make an ode to somebody or an homage um i feel like that's a little bit more like biting than an homage oh nice okay only because of the craft that we're in. If we were in any other craft other than writing and performing lyrics, I would feel probably a little bit different about that. Um, but in this game, our words literally are all we have. So I feel like if you take words from somebody, you you a black piece of gum stuck to my Nike. Nice. Um, you know, as as we mentioned, uh, cannabis is on this was on this project. Um, I mean, was there any? I, I know cannabis is, you know, I used to listen to him in the nineties and then, and he was like, you know, one, you know, one something away from like blowing up and then he didn't. Um, and for whatever reason he didn't blow up, but, uh, 
was there something that working with him did was there any lessons that you took away from you know talking to him about like the business side or the art side um you know stuff like that um first and foremost uh shout out to Kane I bus man um almighty cannabis one of the family um respect the hell out of that guy um been listening for a long time um i i gotta say it for all the hip-hop heads out there because i will feel absolutely terrible if i don't if there wasn't at least one time let, let me just say this real clear if there wasn't at least one time sometime in the 90s if you was a hip-hop head that you weren't listening and heard biz and thought this guy is the penultimate mc mm-hmm. if you didn't think of that at least once then you and I have nothing in common because he encompassed like everything that that emceeing was. It was being smart. It was being original. It was creative. It was catchy. It was pushy. It was controversial. Um, it, it was anything but the norm. So for for me to say, did I learn anything from him? Hell yeah. Um, I've learned... <laughs> Or heck yeah, I've learned all kinds of stuff from him. Um, in the almighty aspect, working on the album, um, being more an artist and not a fan or a listener, I have to say I learned uh, I learned a few things, man. And it, and 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 I I guess to touch on them very briefly, it would be, you know, pick your battles, mm. um, pick pick your battles, do it correctly, um, and 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 if you. And if in your heart you feel you got this, and if your heart you you're validated, then that's all that matters. Um, and I believe the bigger the bigger most more important one was, don't let nobody bring you down, no matter what. Um, you know, kind of going back to what you asked me about seeing the dilution of the game and, and uh, maybe not so talented people up on top versus more dense or lyrical people being on the bottom um you know never let that get in his way never let that phase him he continued to make great music so um if if i learned anything it's it's to do that it's to continue to create my music and do it with a level of self-respect um and and also just to be a bad mother shut your mouth because (laughs) he's he's one of the illest um so yeah um, and, and the battles thing, and I'm not trying to say that like in a dogging way, because I know a lot of people, like radio stations and stuff, they try to make stuff out to sound like something else and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I mean, pick your battles. Like, if you pick the battle, you need to go into it not only knowing that in victory this is what you receive, but in defeat this is also what you will receive. Okay. Um, and, and he's had his ups and downs. He's had his runs, and, you know, I can't speak on it too much because I don't know the insides and the outs. But what I do know is he, he, he managed to maneuver through all of that and keep his self-respect and make good music. And that's all I could ask for myself. So, um, you know, I, I learned from cannabis to be professional. How's that? Nice. Uh, we're speaking to Nino Gray, new album is out in 2014 uh zone two um i guess this would be a weird transition but how how can uh, fans copy your newest album and uh your other work uh fans hip-hop heads uh you were trying to get a hold of my work 
to go to f4emusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, I've got some albums up, three albums up right now, I think. Uh, before the end of the year, there will also be a free mixtape there uh, called Zombie Bait. You can go there and get all of them for, I think it's like seven bucks. Um, when it hits uh, vendors in 2014, I'll be putting everything up together, and they'll probably be no less than $10 across the board. Um, so, yeah, foemusic.bandcamp.com. You could check me out on mtv.com. You could check me out on Reverb, Twitter. Type me in on Google. Hit YouTube. Check the videos. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Nino Gray. No spaces. Uh, there's a bunch of mixtape stuff up on there. It's all free, too. So if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can. I'm out here. Smell the gasoline on the scene when we come out. Girls, bring your friends new clothes, get the trucks out. Yo, the roof on fire, don't nobody run out. Cause they just wanna jump out, pass sun up to sundown. Uh, we gon' burn this mother, bur- burn this mother, bur- burn this mother to the Top of the food chain, living life like a movie. But check it, all stunts are real, ain't no acting, you can't consume me. I'm flying high, backseat of the bench, leader of gen. Head spinning, hit the club, trying to leave with a friend. Tell my girl, stop by for the evening, and then we repeat it again. F4E in this. Security harassing No, I don't got the trees All I brought was bank in the club The owner got my weed I'm zoning already Focused on finding something I'm scoping I size them up and line them up In my mind like I'm trying to f- Oh, forgive me mommy Liquor got me tipsy mommy she I'm honest That's more than you get From most that's in it darling Tell her welcome to the party Welcome to the party Mary Molly put it on me Like her middle name is naughty All the fellas in the zone Buying up the bar All the ladies hit the floor Fire alarm uh. Smell the gasoline On the scene when we come out Girls bring your friends New clothes Get the trucks out, yo the roof on fire Don't nobody run out, cause they just wanna jump out Pass sun up to sundown uh, We gon' burn this mother bur- Burn this mother bur- Burn this mother to the Lights are flashing on shorty while she dancing That body beaming, I'm fiending, I gotta have it uh, She been undressing me with the eyes I imagine I slide up to ask a question Even though I know the answer, all these mother niggas hating There is no debating, they see I'm close to greatness So close that they can taste it Tell the DJ, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up Make sure they heard of us, heard of us. Hey yo, she pulling on my collar, smell like Dolce Gabbana and vodka. Empty the bottle like she don't know how to let off the throttle. Hit the parking lot and she followed. She dicked the bravado. Don't think you hit the lotto, you won't even get McDonald's. Left the spot around three. Early get the yawning, cause the night still going and it's early in the morning. Light up the night when I light up and I ask, Am I the only one who's got a match? We'll smell the gasoline on the scene when we come out. Girls, bring your friends new clothes, get the trucks out. Yo, the roof on fire, don't nobody run out. Cause they just wanna jump out, pass sun up to sundown. Uh, we gon' burn this mother, burn, burn this mother, burn, burn this mother to the ground. Oh, we gon' burn this mother, burn, burn this mother, burn, burn this mother to the ground. Do that ish, do it. Let loose, let loose, nothing to it. Do that ish, do that ish, do it. Let loose, let loose, nothing to it. Do that ish, do that ish, do it. Do it, do it. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. 
Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.